When you're young, not much matters. When you find something that you care about, then that's all you got. Mic check one, two, one, two, episode four of the 416 podcast. I'm Adam Hughes. October is finally here. Spooky season is upon us, ladies and gentlemen. This is awesome. Um, it doesn't feel like October. I mean, at least here in South Jersey, it doesn't. It did the last couple of days, and then today it decided to be, you know, 80 degrees outside, and the same thing's going to be for the rest of the week. It's just going to feel like late August in the middle of October, but, you know, it's fine, you know. I mean, I can't wear my flannels till you know, Christmas, but, you know, it's fine. It's whatever. No, it's fine. Um, but spooky season is upon us. Um, in a couple of weeks, probably by the end of the month, Halloween weekend, actually, now that I think of it, Halloween weekend, it's going to be a nice special episode. Um, I'm not going to tell you too much, but it's going to be a special episode of the 416 podcast. Um, a lot of people are going to be on that episode, so stay tuned for that. Um, in the next couple of weeks, hopefully I have another group of friends on. Um, just big things coming for this thing, you know, big things coming for the podcast. Um, I do want to shout out one of my friends, uh, Connor. He's doing something really big right now for himself, and I'm very, very proud of him. I uh, just want to shout him out, make sure he's doing all right. Um, I know he's going to do big things, so I'm very... Um, very proud of him. Um, so we're going to get right into it. Um, we're going to start off heavy as in just the subject matter of the month. Um, and then we'll go on to some light stuff. I got NFL stuff. I'm going to talk about the Eagles. Eagles fans, trust me, I'm going to rip into the Eagles for a little bit. Um, we got new music coming and it's just uh, a lot of a lot of good stuff going on this week. Um, but first I want to start off. October, I looked it up, is... Um, National Depression Month, National Depression Awareness Month, like September was National Suicide Prevention Month. Um, this month is National Depression Awareness Month. Um, I try to look up different mental health things for every month just to bring awareness to whatever disease. Yes, because mental health illnesses are diseases because they are illnesses, they are sicknesses. Um, I try to do that every month and look up what different ones are available and which ones are shining a light on this month. So um, this month is depression. And um, as far as depression goes, I think it's a hard, it's a hard indicator because there's different levels of it. You have moderate depression, you have severe depression, you have clinical depression, you have non-diagnosed depression, and then you just have general depression, which people get, you know, day to day, you know, the blues, as people call it, in other words, like, you just, you wake up one day, you're like, meh, I don't have any energy, it's kind of gloomy outside, like, the weather has a big factor on it, it's cloudy outside, you ever, you ever get, you know, kind of gloomy on a cloudy, rainy day, some people like it, like myself, I like rainy days, you cozy, you chill up in your bed, you put, put Netflix on, get some snacks, and, you know, you just chill out, but for some people, it's like, oh, they have to go to work, and I gotta, ugh, I just feel like, ugh, I feel like crap the whole day. I feel moody. I feel blue, you know? So that's like general depression. That's not diagnosed. Everybody gets that way every once in a while. Um, what I think, and not to say that that's not recognized and you shouldn't, you know, try to make your people feel better around you, your coworkers, your family, your friends, et cetera. Um, because, you know, we're all in this shit together, so... Um, I'm talking about the depression that's, you know, clinically diagnosed, you know, by a professional, whether it be a doctor, psychiatrist, psychologist, etc. That type of depression fucks you up because that literally will take your energy that you've had for the day. You're not even awake for 10 minutes and depression comes in like an uppercut from Mike Tyson just goes, bow. Yeah, you're not getting out of bed this morning, or you're just going to feel like shit the whole day. And then you're like, oh, all right, it's just I had a bad day. No, tomorrow, left hand up, bow. It just hits you with a left hand, and you're like, damn, okay, two days in a row. And then it's just back and forth, three, four, five days. It's a pattern. So I've talked about anxiety on this podcast before and how that is just a bitch. And, you know, me having that 
along with, you know, occasional, you know, severe depression, like that shit, it fucks you up. You know, it gets you in a spot where you don't want to be, it gets you in a mindset and a mind state that you don't want to be in because it fucks with your energy. Like it, it screws you up. Like you literally will walk out of bed feeling perfectly fine. Otherwise you got eight hours of sleep. You drank plenty of water. You ate breakfast, this, that, and the other. Boom. You go to work and you're just like, oh, there's no energy. And that's just your brain going a million miles an hour because that anxiety and depression, they're like, they're like a perfect couple. They blend together really well and they can disguise each other very well as each other. So the depression can say, no, I'm the anxiety. And the anxiety can say, no, I'm the depression. And they can kind of fuck you up in the head. Um, and it sucks. You know, it sucks having that. And anybody that does have that, um, I'm praying for you because that is an everyday battle. I know how that goes. That goes on in my head every single day. It's exhausting. It's tiring. Like for some days I can go out, I'm productive, I feel this, that, and the other, and other days I can't even walk to my bathroom. Like I can't even get out of bed. I can barely function. So it's something that needs to be talked about more. It's something that is a fine line and I see it where that fine line and it was last year was more it was more talked about due to the pandemic and everybody being inside and then everybody's mental health just declined. The suicide rates went up and all that. You know, the um, the calls to the suicide hotline, they like I think went 10, 15, 20 times over their normal limit or their normal um, call rate. So, it, it, you know, everybody's mental health last year was, was taking a freaking dive. Um, but depression was a big thing, especially early, because you know, everybody says, oh, there's fake depression. Well, those people are right. Like there is fake, you can be fake depressed or just act sad just to get attention. And there are people that sadly do that, just like there's people that sadly do anything for attention. Um, because we live in a world now that's social media driven and, you know, a lot, anybody wants to be a clout chaser. Anybody wants to get this out and attention and you know, and I'm not talking attention like this podcast, for example, where I'm trying to push this podcast and get it attention. I'm this is positive attention. I'm trying to push my product out to the world. I'm not trying to gain attention just to gain sympathy from people and then turn around and be like, oh no, I was just playing y'all. Like, no, like that's that's fucked up if you or someone you know does that. Like that's that's a fucked up thing to do. Especially to somebody that has depression and, you know, goes through their daily struggles. It's not something that's not something that's okay to to mess around with like you wouldn't mess around with you know any other type of disease you know just don't you know don't do that fake shit it's it's not it's not cool it's corny you look like a stupid you, you look like a stu- I said you look like a stupid yeah you look stupid you know um yeah, man, it's 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 an everyday battle. That's all I can really say about it. There's so much there's medical stuff I could go into and but I'm not going to bore you for, you know, 45 minutes to an hour on depression and medical and all that type of stuff. Um but shout out to everybody that's going through something right now. Um whether you you know, you lost a loved one, you're just going through a tough time, you're stressed out from school, work, life, etc. cuz life gets hard, man. Um I'm praying for you. I'm loving, uh, I love you. And just, you know, anytime you need someone to talk to, hit my line. I'm always open. You could contact the podcast page. You could contact my page. You can contact me personally. Any time or day, 24-7, I'm always here. So I just wanted to put that out there. Um, October, National Depression Awareness Month. Check up on your people. Um Ladies and gentlemen, check up on your friends, your family, your loved ones, because, you know, some people are good at hiding that and, you know, you never know. Maybe you just talk to them and it, it might make their day, it might make their week, it might make their month and it might make them feel, you know, the need to go talk to a professional. So you don't know what the, you know, you don't know what kind of power that you hold. So I just wanted to start off the pod just addressing that. So now we're just going to get into some lighter stuff, not so much heavy stuff, this pod. Um, so we're going to start, uh, we've been starting with music the last couple of weeks. We're going to switch it up actually. 
We're going to go to the NFL. Week three. Now, week three was a weird week for me. There was a lot of blowouts. There was a lot of blowouts. The Rams-Bucks game was weird. The early window games were weird. It just was a weird day. I don't know. The weird day in the NFL, the games really didn't pop out that much. Um, that Sunday night game, which would, what was the Sunday night game? I'm trying to, I'm going to look real quick, but um, yeah, it just was a weird week. I don't, I don't know why. Um, I don't know why it was like that. But that Packers 49ers game, that was the Sunday night game. That was probably the best game of the whole weekend. Um, bro, you can't give Aaron Rodgers any time left on that clock. I'm talking sub five seconds. You can't give that man any time on the clock. Dude is notorious for coming back with, you know, limited time. I just watched a compilation video. It was like a 15, 20 minute video. It was just all comebacks in the last like five to 10 seasons that he's played in the fourth quarter, just coming back, winning the game. And I'm looking at the clock. Once he gets that ball back, it's sometimes like a minute and a half under, and he's got one, two, maybe zero timeouts. Dude drives down the field. It's either setting up a Mason Crosby field goal or he's scoring a touchdown and winning the game. Like, you can't give this man. Jesus, man. Like, that was – and even when I watched it live, I said to myself, I'm like, I looked at the clock. When the 49ers scored to take the lead, there was 37 seconds left. They kicked the field goal. Um, to go up by two, or to go up by one, excuse me. And I'm like, there's way too much time left on that clock. Now, any other quarterback, maybe other than Brady and Mahomes, but even those two, Brady, Brady probably more so than than Mahomes. Aaron Rodgers is probably the greatest clutch quarterback in the history of the NFL. Brady is clutch, don't get me wrong. But Aaron Rodgers has been able to do this consistently for his entire career. Without a top 10 defense most of his career. Where Brady's had that defense where it's just like, okay, Bill, listen, this game is in the balance. Use your Patriot defense, your super duper Patriot defense. Go get a stop and let me get the ball back. Brady had that in his back pocket his entire career when he was in New England. He had that defense. Aaron Rodgers didn't have that defense his entire career. I think he had a top five defense one year, and that was the year they won the Super Bowl. And then he only had one other top 10 defense, and I think that was the year they went to the NFC Championship game and got routed by the Falcons. Um, or maybe it was the year prior to that. I'm not sure. Oh, it was the year they, um, it's 2013 when they first, the uh, Seahawks. Um, and Seattle came back one in overtime. Um, anyway, yeah, you can't give that man time at all on the clock. It was a typical Aaron Rodgers comeback win. He seemed excited. That's the most excited I've ever seen Aaron Rodgers in his career, which kind of poo-poos the idea of, oh, he wanted out, he wanted out. No, I think he does want out. Just not this season. I didn't think he was going to get traded this season. They'd be stu- the Packers would have been foolish to do that. I think Rodgers would have been foolish to do that. Because right now, it's just that I don't see any other destination that he could go other than Green Bay this season. This season. Next season's a whole different ballgame. Free agents and players retiring and this, that, and the other coaches moving around. That's a totally different, like Miami's a, is like, I think the number one spot for him. Um, they're a young team. Tua doesn't seem to be working out too well. Their backup, uh, I don't even know who their backup is, if I'm being honest. Um, they're a good team, great, a pretty decent defense. They have a defensive head coach, Brian Flores. They have a great offensive coordinator. They have a good team down there, good receivers, good backs, good tight ends, good offensive line. It's a solid team all around, and I think that would be a good place for him if he wants to leave at the end of this year out of Green Bay. I think he should go to Miami. Um, so that was, uh, week three. Now we're going into week four. Um, oh, the Eagles. I totally forgot about the Eagles from week three. So we'll do week four in a second, but, um, week three, Monday night football. 
Yikes. Um, where do I start? I'll start with head coach Nick Sirianni. My man, I don't know what your plan was for Monday night, but whatever it was, it wasn't a good plan, and it sure as hell didn't work. Um, yeah, that was just bad. It was bad from the jump. Um, the Cowboys went ranked down and scored. The first, well, I think it was the second play from scrimmage. Play action. They hit CeeDee Lamb on a friggin', I don't know, that was like a 60-yard 70-yard play, and C.D. Lamb was already down at the one. I think that was the last catch that he had for the night, but still it ignited that. It blew the whole place up. Dak returning from his ankle injury, playing in front of a home crowd in a year, and a, like, you know, it was bound to happen. Um, I just didn't think it was going to happen in the fashion that it did. So just from the jump, the tone in that stadium, I just had a gut feel. I'm like, I don't know if we're going to pull this one out. I didn't think it was, like I said, I didn't think it was going to be this ugly, but I kind of had a feeling it wasn't going to go the way that I thought it was going to go. Um, but Nick Sirianni, back to you for a second. Yeah, your game plan was horrible. Um, you ran the ball three times with Miles Sanders. I don't know where you get off. Um, Saquon Barkley, I think this season, has more carries than Miles Sanders, and Saquon Barkley is injury prone. Miles Sanders is not injury prone. Run the fucking ball. Point blank period. Um, you play the Chiefs this weekend, tomorrow, at 1 o'clock, in your house. Their run defense is horrible. Run the ball. Did you not watch the Browns game? Did you not watch the Chargers game? Run the damn ball. That's all I'm going to say. Run the ball. I don't care that Jalen Hurts has to. Jalen Hurts should not be throwing the ball in a primetime game 40 sometimes. 30. I think he threw it like 35, 40 times. He does not need to be throwing that ball. No. Absolutely not. Not that much. Um, defense, listen, your defense, holy shit. Your defense was out there for three quarters of the game and they only gave up, I think it was 44 points. I'm surprised they gave up that many. I thought if they were out there 10 minutes longer, they would have given up. Probably 14 more, two more touchdowns, 14 more points. It was a bad game all around. Um, there was no specific blame. It was a team loss. You get blown out like that. There's so many different things that you can point to. I just culminated into y'all played like crap, suit up for the next game, forget about that. That goes in the that goes in the tuck. You watch the film from that, you learn from that game, but in terms of that being on your psyche. Just scrap that game. It's a blowout. I've I played soccer for damn near half my life. I've gotten blown out ten to nothing. I've gotten you know blown out ten nothing, seven nothing, six one, seven to two, whatever. I've gotten blown out a lot, and just put that one in the back. You know, keep it in the back of your mind, but don't let it affect your psyche. Just move on to the next week. Um, so, yeah, that was Nick Sirianni. Dude didn't do his job correctly. Uh, but, again, I kind of figure that the penalties was also a big thing. They were shooting themselves in the foot on defense um, and on offense. A lot of false starts by veteran. Uh, Lane Johnson had, like, two false starts, three holding penalties. I'm like, dude, you're supposed to be one of the best right tackles in football. Like, come on, man. Just wasn't good. He just played bad. I get it. It's week three, it's early, but dude, you're a vet. Like, come on, you're an all-pro tackle. Come on. Um, so, yeah, that was that was the coaching uh, point of view. In terms of a player's point of view, I'm going to look at the quarterback, obviously, Jalen Hurts, because he's, you know, apparently supposed to be the franchise quarterback. Me, personally, as an Eagles fan, I think he can win us football games. I don't know if he's a, I don't know if he's a franchise quarterback yet. Don't come at me and say, oh, you said he isn't. No, I said I don't know yet. I haven't seen enough. He's played six games. Three this year, three last year. I didn't see much improvement from last year to this year. He's played six games in the NFL. Okay, that's half the damn season. Like, if it was just one season this year... It's half the season. So uh, I can't value my opinion off of, uh, what was it, five full career starts and then the Washington game, which was weird at the end of last year where he only played half the game. 
I can't base my, oh, he's going to be a franchise quarterback off of six games like that. Because he's still a question mark to me. I don't, I don't know what I get with him. He's a dual threat quarterback. He can throw and run. He's a better runner than he is a thrower. Um, he's just basically Lamar Jackson, just not as fast and not as athletic. And he's smaller in terms of height. He's a little shorter than Lamar. Um, not to say that I'm comparing the two, but I'm just, you know, if I had to make some sort of comparison in terms of how he plays, I would go to Lamar Jackson. But Lamar Jackson's miles ahead of Jalen Hurts in terms of talent and ability. Um, but his big thing was, Jalen's big thing was, and it was my knock on him last year and going into this year and this year so far, he, he's not accurate. He's not accurate. He's accurate. He's more accurate than Wentz. I'll give him that. Um, but his arm strength isn't there. It's not Carson's uh, Carson Wentz's arm strength. But the accuracy, I don't really see any other difference from Wentz other than slightly more accurate. He throws a slightly better ball. His release is a little prettier. Wentz is a little awkward. Hurts, he's under, he underthrew... Three passes the week before against San Francisco. And the pick that he threw in the beginning of the first interception was underthrown massively by like five yards. It was a horrible throw. It was a great play. He just had to put more juice on the ball. That's all he did. Put a little more power behind it, a little more arc. Like if you if you're playing basketball and you hit the back rim, you know, oh, okay, I gotta put a little, I gotta take take a little off. If you're hitting the front rim, oh, I gotta put a little more on it. I gotta put a little more height, a little more arc, a little more power onto it. Push it, push the ball a little bit. He doesn't push the ball down the field, which kind of annoys me because I look at all the quarterbacks that I mean, outside of in this division, there's not really a quarterback that's got that big of an arm. Dak has a pretty decent-sized arm. Daniel Jones has a decent arm. Heineke, I don't even know what the hell he is. But I look at all these quarterbacks like Mahomes and Rodgers. Even Brady at 44 can throw further and more accurate than Jalen Hurts. But he's Tom freaking Brady. But I'm saying at 44 years old, I don't know how you know Drew Brees at 40 could throw could throw further. So he's, he's a hard worker. Like I tweeted the other day, he'll bounce back from this. It's just going to be a hell of an opponent to bounce back from being that, you know, you got to play Mahomes and the chiefs and they're pissed because they're in last place in the AFC West. Um, shout out to uh, my cousin, Angel, who's a Raiders fan. Y'all are three and right now. Keep that up. Y'all, y'all have a good team this year. I'll tell you that. Um, so, you know, everybody was overreacting, of course, to, you know, all right, fire the coach. The, uh, is he the guy? Put in Flacco. Just calm down. It's week three. It's week three. We didn't think this team was going to go that far this year. They're a young team, brand new coaching staff, second year um, quarterback, first year starter. We knew what this was. It was going to be a tire fire from the beginning of the year. We got a little overhyped after Atlanta. I'll be, I'll admit, I was a little, yeah, let's go. But then, you know, we could play good defenses and good coaches who have good schemes and plans. You know, Mike McCarthy, as as a dope as much as he is, he's a good head coach. Dudes won a Super Bowl. You don't win a Super Bowl if you're not a good head coach. Um, and the week before, you lost to Shanahan. So, and this week, you're playing Andy Reid. So. It's it's gonna be it's gonna be a rough couple of weeks. We have the the Chiefs on Sunday. We have the Panthers the week after, and then we get Brady on Thursday night football. Um, geez, man, that's gonna be a rough. That's a rough. Uh, it's a rough go of things. I'll tell you that. Luckily, we have the Jets at some point this year, um, and the Lions. So we have those two teams to look forward to as wins this year. The Giants look like a mess. So we, at least we can expect to try and beat them. Washington looks like a mess. We could try and beat them, but outside of that, it's it's going to be a rough year for an Eagle, as, as Eagles fans, but I think, like I said, we expected that going in. Um, 
So I'm off the Eagles for a second. Um, let's do some week four stuff. Um, the Bengals and Jaguars game, I did not stay up and watch the uh, the end of the game. Uh, I did watch the second half highlights. I watched the first half. Um, the Bengals, I get it. It's the, just the Jaguars and the Jaguars suck. But the Bengals look like a really decent team. Like they could be a wild card team out of the AFC. It wouldn't shock me. Um they're in it for the Ravens, I think, in that division to win the, the or obviously the Browns, but it's a three it's a three way waste race for that AFC North spot. Um, the Steelers look old on offense because you know of Ben, and now they're they're down Juju or he's in and out of the lineup. Claypool's in and out of the lineup. Um, it's just offense. There's no creativity for that team, and it just looks it just looks bad. Um, so week four, let's take a look here. Um, but uh, shout out to the Bengals for winning that game on Thursday night. It was a good game to watch. Um, I wish I, I wish I stayed up for it cause it looked like a good game to watch. Um, so yeah, you have Eagles Chiefs Like I just mentioned, um, there's not really that, you know, there's, I mean, you got a divisional Cardinals, Rams, Seahawks, 49ers, a lot of NFC West. Uh, rivalries this week, which is good. Um, Sunday afternoon game, Steelers-Packers. Eh, that's not, you know. And then Brady coming back Sunday night against uh, against Bill, and he's in New England for the first time since he's been on the Bucks. Um, NBC is going to eat that up. Eat that up. Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth are going to eat that up. They're going to be riding Brady's dick the whole night. Um, and Belichick's dick the whole night. It's going to be, I might watch like the Spanish commentary, like NBC Universo. I might put that on there, you know, or just listen to it on ESPN radio. But then again, ESPN rides Brady's dick. So I, I don't know. Maybe I'll just watch it with the sound off. I mean, I, as much as I appreciate Tom Brady, I don't need to hear a rah-rah of Tom Brady for four hours. Like Belichick too. Like, I don't, I don't care. You know, everybody's, I saw a, ad today or commercial today of Adele's hello. And it's the Sunday night football commercial and it's Brady. And I'm like, what the, who cares? Like it's another game. We're not going to remember this game. Cause he's probably going to, I don't know if he plays in next year or the year after. I don't know who cares. I don't care. It's going to be a good game though. Don't get me wrong. Mac Jones is going to have to, Oh boy, that's going to be a test for him. And now he's got Belichick, but, Man, that defense might eat. I'm not going to lie to you. Brady might tear that defense apart. If anybody knows that defense, it's Tom Brady. I'm not going to lie to you. He might pick that defense. He might pick Bill's defense apart. But Bill knows Brady. So it's going to be a really good chess match between Bill and Bel- um, Brady and Belichick. It's going to be a good game. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to watch that. Um, I'm going to the Union game tomorrow, so I'm excited to come home and watch that. That's going to be an interesting game. Um, so that's week four. Uh, and then the Monday night game is Chargers and um, Raiders. Another good game. Two AFC um, AFC West teams. Um, Raiders in first place, Chargers in second place. It's going to be a good game too. A lot of good games this weekend. Um, and the Thursday games... They've been hitting so far. Some of the Monday night games have been, eh. The Sunday night games outside of the Rams and the and the Bears have been pretty decent the last couple of weeks. But those Thursday night games, I don't think there's been one miss so far this year. Um, not one. So baseball's wrapping up. I'll switch to uh, to baseball now that we got the, uh, the wild card standings. Um, my Phillies are out, and that was kind of expected because they suck, and we're a poverty franchise who hasn't made the playoffs in damn near 10 years. Um, we have the longest playoff drought in baseball currently. Um, yeah, so, I mean, it is what it is. I'm not, I'm not, too, I'm not too up in arms about it. Um, so out of the um, National League's pretty much set. Um, Dodgers and St. Louis, the Cardinals are the two wild card teams. Um, your division winners, Atlanta, Milwaukee, San Francisco, um, bearing that, you know, the 
Giants don't skid, and then the Dodgers will take that place, and the Giants will take the wild card spot. Um, so there's that. The AL, the AL's the the um, the tricky one because if you look at the wild card standings, so the Yankees and the Red Sox are one game up. Well, the Yankees are one game up on Boston, so they're two games up on everybody else. But one game back from Boston is Seattle and Toronto. So this weekend is going to be madness. October baseball is upon us, and I cannot wait for the playoffs to start. Uh, I'm going to be tuning in. I'm going to try and watch every single series. I try every single year to do it. Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't, depending on my schedule. But playoff baseball is where it's at. I think it's better than playoff basketball. It's not better than playoff football, but I think it's the second best playoffs in all of American sports, easily. Because just it's just so good. The cold weather, it's just it just feels, you know, I don't want to say it feels American because it's an American sport, but it feels it feels just it feels like fall and fall is my favorite scene. It's fall baseball. It just it's nostalgic to me. It it feels like it's better than playoff basketball, I'll say that. So um we'll hop off of sports. Um, that's really all the sports I got. Oh, I do have to mention one more thing in sports, um, before we move on to music. Um, see, I'm tripping myself up. Uh, LaShawn McCoy, Shady McCoy retires as an Eagle. He retired yesterday. Um, I will say nothing but good things about Shady McCoy because I have nothing but good things to say about Shady McCoy. He was my favorite Eagle growing up. Next to Deshaun Jackson. Um, yes, I liked him better than Westbrook. He was my favorite player to watch in the NFL for a while. Um, then Chip Kelly's ass had to come in and ruin everything. But that team with Vic, McCoy, Jackson... Jeremy Macklin, that team was just so much fun to watch, and Shady was a big part of that. Juking people out of their damn cleats, holding the ball, like palming it with one hand while he's running. You think you could smack it away, like you know, a linebacker or a lineman comes over. Yeah, I can smack that ball out. Nope. He'll swoop, put you, go right by you, break your freaking ankles, run right by you. I was watching highlights this morning of the snow game between the Detroit Lions um, a few years back, or years back, I should say, at this point. Uh, is That's my favorite game from him. Uh, he broke the Eagles' single-game rushing yards record in that game in the snow in a freaking blizzard. Um, he was one of my all-time favorite Eagles. I'm pissed that I can't get a jersey. I could probably make a custom one, but it's not the same. Um, or just find one somewhere on eBay or something. Um, thank you, Shady McCoy, for all the hell that you've done for this weird-ass franchise that continues to be un- inconsistent as shit. Um, thank you for all the memories, because that, that was just such a fun time to be an Eagle fan when he was wearing that uniform. Um, and... It's a, it's a Hall of Fame career to me. He's got two Super Bowl rings with the Chiefs and with the Bucks. Um, he's the Eagles' all-time rushing leader. I think it's a Hall of Fame career for him. I don't know how you don't put him in the Hall of Fame. He's one of the he's one of the he was one of the best running backs in the last ten years, uh, easily. So. Congratulations on LaShawn McCoy for retiring and retiring as an Eagle. I wish he was here the whole the whole ride, but um, I'm glad we had him back for just for that one day to retire. Um, so thank you, LaShawn McCoy. Um, so let's move into... Now we're moving into music. Um, now we're moving into music. All right. We'll start with... We'll start with Lil Wayne and Rich the Kid, Trust Fund Babies. Um, it's a duo project, 10 tracks, about a half hour long. I thought it was decent. I listened to it this morning. Um, a couple highlights. Um, it's not something that I'll go back to all the time. I don't think it's one of the best projects that's been put out this year, but 
I thought it was decent. I thought it was good. Um, I would probably give it like a seven out of ten. Um, I thought it was really good. I thought it was well done. I didn't know how those two were gonna sound together. I mean, Wayne can pretty much sound good with anybody, but Rich the Kid's kind of an acquired taste for people. Um, I like Rich the Kid. I didn't like his album from like a couple years ago, which was I think his last album that he put out. wasn't my favorite. Um, New Freezer with Kendrick Lamar though. That's an all time classic. Um, so shout out to Wayne and. Rich the Kid. It was a decent album. I liked it. Or a decent project, I should say. I liked it. Um, the big hip-hop album, I guess you could say, that came out was Expensive Pain Meek Mill. Now, the album cover is not my favorite. It's not a Meek Mill album cover. And the album cover threw me off. Because when I listen to an album, I, go, I look at the album art. And that, to me, sets the tone for the album. All of his, like, championships was his last project that he had. And it, it was him, looked like he had, well, he had a do-rag on, and he looked like he was on a football field. He had confetti flying down, his eagles colored, and it just was like, okay, you knew this album was going to be a smash. No skips whatsoever, 10 out of 10. Like, you knew it was going to go, he was going to go absolutely crazy on that album because... Excuse me, you looked at the album title. Or excuse me, the album art. And you're like, oh, this album cover goes hard. So he's going to snap on this thing. And he did. You know, the, the biggest track on that album was probably Going Bad with Drake. He had the reunion with Drake on that album. This album, I listened to it yesterday afternoon. Um, I'd have to listen to it again. On first listen, it wasn't... It just... I could pick out the different songs and how they were different. It just sounded kind of like Polo G's album earlier this year. It just kind of it was like a it was a good listen. But am I gonna go back to a whole bunch of now? I thought Polo G's album was way too long. This one is seventeen tracks. That's a typical Meek Mill track number to seventeen. I mean, I have seventeen. It's eighteen tracks technically with that Flamers flow. Jesus, that song is horrible. Um, but like the little baby and little Dirk track fire. The intro was fire. Hate on me. Meek Mill never misses on intros. I'll tell you that. Um, him and Drake are like the two consistent intro Kings of the last 10 years. Um, and Kanye sharing locations. Yeah. Little baby, little Dirk hard. Um, the Kehlani record was hard. The hook that Kehlani gave was fantastic. The ASAP Ferg one, I was getting a lot of, eh, I don't like that one. I thought it was hard. Anytime him and ASAP Ferg link up, it's always a, it's a weird sounding record, but it's like a record where you gotta, you, you can't help but bob your head and you're like, damn, this shit's kind of hard. So I thought that was good. The Moneybag Yo record, it was okay. Um, I like the Ferg record just a little bit better. Um, the North Side, South Side with gigs was fire. A lot of people didn't like it because it's, you know, gigs sound like this. And I was like, oh, okay, nobody likes the UK rapper. But, you know, hey, when Drake did KMT with gigs and that other song that I can't remember off the top of my head with gigs, people went apeshit. Oh, gigs is fire, this, that. But now gigs is trash. Like, I don't get people sometimes. They're so inconsistent. Um, that record was hard. We Slide with Young Thug. I'm just going through the features right now. Um, we Slide with Young Thug. That was a... that. That would have been good if he released it as a single and he put it like towards the beginning of the year for a summertime song. That sounds like a summertime song to me. Uh, it was a good song. wasn't one of the best on the album, but I liked it. I enjoyed it. I think it would have fit better in the summer, but um, still, nonetheless, it was a good song. Um, then he got tweaking with Vor uh, Vori, who was on. He had like three features on the Kanye album. That song goes really, really crazy. Uh, and then obviously you got. Blue Notes 2 with Uzi. Song was hard. It was the second single off the album. And then the closer with Brent Fiaz Halo. That might be one of the best Meek Mill features ever. And I'm not even capping. And Meek Mill's got a lot of good feature verses or guest features appearances. That might be one of his best. Brent Fiaz killed that song. 
as he always does to a song. He just absolutely destroys it and murders it. Um, I think, oh man, that 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 song was fantastic. That was a great way to close the album. Meek was spitting. Um, there was a couple beat switch ups in there too that I that I was confused at at first because he's never done something like that. Um, but I it wasn't I wasn't mad at it. Um, if I had to give it a rating, I'd probably lean towards a seven and a half, seven, seven and a half, probably the same rate I gave certified lover boy, seven, seven and a half. It's not anything where, Oh, album of the year, album of the year. Will it be in my album of the year? Top 10 list? Maybe. Could it be outside of that? Maybe. I don't know yet. I haven't put my list together. I haven't thought about it yet. Um, but I think it was a good album. I thought it was solid. It's typical Meek Mill. He's not going to give you some bullshit. He's going to give you hard Philly street talk, love talk, drug talk, uh, rich talk. He's a you know grown man rich talk. Like everything out of the rich bag. Like he's going he's going to express it. So I thought it was a solid album. Um, yeah, we got more Meek Mill, man. We haven't had a Meek Mill album in three years. Like, and people are mad. Oh, why did he drop? He dropped. Yeah, bro, it's Meek Mill. Like, he hasn't dropped in three years. I'll take Meek Mill music. I like Meek Mill. It's one of my favorite rappers the last 10 years. I'll take it. Um, it's not anything that, you know, it's not anything special. Like, it's not, you know, it's not dreams and nightmares. But, like, come on. It's it's a good album. Like, people are overrating the shit out of it. You know, people called Certified Loverboy an instant classic. People called Donda an instant classic. Like, all right, hold the phone. Like, let the album age a little bit and then call it a classic if, you know, give it five years. I give it normally five years. So all those 2016 albums, now I'm going through and I'm like, hmm, is that a classic? Yeah, is that a classic? Not really. In a couple of years, 2018 was another big year for music, for hip-hop. I'll go back in two years and say, hmm, was that one a classic? Was that one a classic? And I'll make my decision. So good album all around. Expensive Pain. Meek Mill, go stream it. Um... That was a that was a good project, and not a lot of music dropping this Friday, but um, I know this month there's a lot. We're getting Young Thug's album in a couple of weeks. Uh, we're getting Don Tolliver's album next Friday, um, which I'm super excited for that. I love Don Tolliver. Um, his album last year, Heaven and Hell, was one of my favorites, and I'm excited for that because that was an album that I've kind of been waiting for for the last year. Um, he's, he's a nice young artist. I love, I love Don Tolliver. Um, so, I mean, I think that's it for music. Um, not really else much dropped. It was kind of, it was kind of a late week. It was better than last week though. Oh, your heart. I'll, I'm looking through my Apple music, your heart with Joyner Lucas and uh, J Cole. Um, love that track. Loved it. Um, you know, Joyner Lucas did his thing and J. Cole did his thing. I'm going to take a second. Hold on. Let's. That, I'm going to take a second for, for some Joyner Lucas praise, okay? And then I'll hop into some Cole praise because people are starting to hate on the offseason for some reason. So I'll hop into Joyner, Joyner Lucas praise real quick. Joyner Lucas may be the most talented rapper that we've had in the last five years. He's better than Lil Baby. He's better than Dirk. He's be he's better. I I could start naming people, but he's better than half the rappers that are out right now, that are hot right now. In terms of a in terms of rapping ability, he's top five in the last five years, easily. The dude's talented as hell. The dude makes nothing but bangers. ADHD last year was a fantastic album, and everybody shitted on it because oh, you had eight singles come out. Okay, and. Yeah, he knew he fucked up because he was like, all right, now he's got three songs out. He's got the song with Lil Baby. He's got the song with Lil TJ. And now he's got the song with J. Cole. If that's a culmination of what's going to be on his next album, oh my God, that's in my album of the year contention. E automatically, off those three singles alone. If the rest of the album sounds like that, oh my God. But he doesn't get that industry push that Baby does or that Meg does or the that Da Baby got in 2019 and even last year. 
He doesn't get that industry push. He's still that underground rapper that's a little mainstream, but not like mainstream, mainstream. And when he links with a rapper like Jake, when he linked with Lil Baby, that's when it was like, okay, now he's trying to get the mainstream. Now look at the artist he's working with now. Now he worked, he's worked with Chris Brown before. Uh, they had like a, they did three songs together. Um, and it was supposed to be a project called Stranger Things back in 2018. Um, never came to fruition. Um, but there's three tracks with him and Chris Brown that are fantastic. And then he has the track with Chris Brown on ADHD. And they never miss. I think they should, you know, at some point do that joint project together because I thought it would be fantastic because he got Chris Brown in his rapping bag and he got Chris Brown in his singing bag. So shout out to Jordan Lucas. People people don't give him enough credit. There's a lot of rappers that don't get enough credit right now. He's one of them. Um, J.I.D. is another one when he puts his album out. It's going to go nuts, you know. So from him to J. Cole, who's also on the song, y'all got to stop with the J. Cole slander with the offseason. Y'all got to chill out. Um, and when I mean y'all, I mean like the people on Twitter. Like chill the fuck out, okay? The offseason was easily a top five project this year. Easily. Easily. Not a top five Cole project. I mean, it could be. But even if it wasn't, it is a top five project that's come out this year. The music that has come out here, people are saying, oh, this is one of the greatest years in hip hop in the last five since 2016. That's false because 2018 was uh, substantially better. You can argue 2020 was substantially better. Last year's albums were better than this year's albums. You can make a case. Um, yeah, this album is a top five album this year. Top three, maybe. You can make an argument for top three, but top five, easily. It's better than Certified Lover Boy, and I think it's better than Donda. I think it's the top out of the big three that have dropped so far, and we're still waiting on Kendrick. Now, when Kendrick drops, that's my discussion's going to change a little bit because Kendrick's a different animal. But J. Cole seemed like every single beat was handpicked. Every single thing was very meticulous and the beats were this and the tracks were layered the right way, the recording, the sound, the production, everything was meticulous with J. Cole, which you would expect from him because he's a perfectionist, just like Drake, just like Kanye, just like Kendrick, just like all these other guys. Um, but I think that, the, I think the off season was easily a top five project and I'll keep repeating myself, but damn. Y'all got to chill out on J. Cole, man. Everybody's starting to be like, wow, J. Cole's actually a good rapper. I'm like, when was he not a good rapper? Dude's been consistent in the last 10 years. Dude's a top three rapper in the game. He arguably could be the best rapper in the game right now. His, his features this year have been better than Drake's. His, the album was better than Drake's. And shit, like, you know, when he did the, the, the Heavens EP that I talked about last week, oh my god. That song alone, that flip off the Drake beat, that song alone is better than anything off a of Certified Lover Boy. Outside of maybe 7 a.m. 7 7 on Bridal. Outside of that, Heavens EP sweeps Certified Lover Boy as an album. Sweeps Donda as an album. Don't give me Hurricane. Hurricane's a fantastic song, but damn. Nobody's rapping like J. Cole right now. Wayne? Yeah. Lil Wayne is. But I'm talking out of the big three. With Drake, K-Dot, Cole. Cole is number one right now. Now, again, Kendrick, everybody's you know saying, oh, top of the morning, top of the morning. Where's Kendrick? Top of the morning. Let's get this shit. No, all right. Kendrick had two guest verses on Baby Keem's album, which people are still shitting on because that album, for some reason, they're saying it's trash. That album is fantastic. Um, Kendrick's had two verses this year, and people are saying that he's a better. He's still those verses were better than Drake and J Cole's projects. No, um, no, 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 no. But stop hating on J Cole, man. Whoever's hating on J Cole, how could you hate on J Cole? Like. Come on. Dude speaks the truth all the time and, you know, doesn't 
say that he's a lesbian girl, me too. Like, you know, you're not hearing that come out of J. Cole's mouth. You'll hear that that came out of Drake's mouth, and I expect that that's be something that comes out of Drake's mouth, because Drake, shit, man. Them Drake, <laughs> Drake be the type of guy tweets and memes are hilarious. Um, next episode, maybe I'll read some of them, because those are freaking hilarious. Drake, the type of guy to be... Dude, they have me freaking crying. Um, but shout out to J. Cole. Shout out to Jordan Lucas. Shout out to Meek Mill. Shout out to everybody, man. Just shout out to everybody. NBA preseason is coming up. NHL preseason already started. Fall baseball. October football. College football's heating up. Bro, we're getting all the sports. This is what we were missing in 2020. Enjoy it now. Let's go go we're getting all this shit that we wanted oh man this is this is a great time to be a sports fan we've we've missed we've i think we're missing this now we're taking we took it for granted before we're desperately we miss this shit for sure we miss this shit um so that's all i have for you guys today um it's kind of a light pod today um didn't have too much to talk about not really not too much happened um in the world of music, sports, and entertainment. It's kind of a light week, which, you know, for the most part is a good thing. There's not a lot of drama, not a lot of chaos. Um, but it's good, though. It's good to have a nice, light, nice light pod every once in a while. Um, nice, nice slow news day. It's a good, it's a good thing to do. Um, so I will see you guys next week. Same time. Well, not the same time, but same day for sure. Saturdays. Saturdays are my days. Saturdays are the days that the pod comes out. So let me know if you want to come on the pod. DM me. DM the page. Text me. Call me. Snapchat me. Whatever. You can come on the pod whenever you'd like. You just got to let me know a time and date and I'm there. We record. We chill. We kick it. Talk about some cool shit. Bing, bang, boom. We're good. So thank you guys for listening. This is episode four of the 416 podcast. I have another quote that I'm going to say uh, outside of the normal quote. Um, I found it the other day on TikTok. It was a um, it was a quote, it was a video of Mac Miller from years ago in an interview. So he goes, smile at someone today. Make somebody happy. You have more power than you think you do. Enjoy your day or night or week. Ladies and gentlemen, Life is a series of moments and moments pass, so let's make this one last as if it's all that we have. Thank you for listening. I will see you guys next week for episode numero cinco, number five. Thank you. I love you. I bid you adieu. I'll see you guys next week. Thank you.